and is only suitable for people aged 18 or over will almost certainly have an adult theme and might well contain sex or violence which are quite graphic. It may also contain explicit language, including sexual swear words. Thanks for listening. On tonight's episode of The Godless Revolution, we are joined via Skype by Doug Mesner, a.k.a. Lucian Greaves, spokesman for the Satanic Temple. Doug joined us at a sushi bar in Cambridge, Massachusetts, so the audio is a little wonky, but the content was fabulous, and we really, really appreciate Doug joining us tonight. We also have the Bundys shit on the Lamanites. Ding-dongs, Aaliyah's dead, and Republicans have spent all their arc arcade tokens on bubblegum now that it's the democrats turn they're leaving oh are their mouths full always oh they don't swallow of bubblegum so stay tuned everybody uh but here's what his revelation comes to him he's kind of got all this stuff like uh touching wiping morning of the animals not wiping whipping, whipping. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah. Not touch, also not touching i am <laughs> i am dyslexic I, I hope i'm not having like a stroke do it live fuck it do it live! And an atheist almost always becomes supporters of eugenics and abortion. A swine is hungry for nuts. And Jesus hates him too. Satan is real. Being a Satanist is an open declaration of revolt against counterproductive received wisdom and mindless rogue traditions. Decapitate her head off. We're done. We're done. We're done. Obama! Welcome to the Godless Revolution. This is episode 93. I am Dan. And I'm Ryan. And tonight we are joined via Skype by Doug Mesner, a.k.a. Lucian Greaves, spokesperson for the Satanic Temple. How you doing, Doug? Good. How are you? I'm doing really well, man. I'm so excited to have you on the show again. Thank you. We are all thoroughly mesmerized yeah. at this point. <laughs> <laughs> now we're we're all three very huge fans of the satanic temple and you also I've, I've got some satanic temple stuff here on the wall i've got i've got one of your signed pieces of art what a signed piece of art when was i selling that <laughs> <laughs> this was part of the the uh reproductive rights campaign and oh, okay yeah, nice so i've got number three of 50 apparently it incorporates parts of like dollar, bill. dollar bills. bills and George Washington, United States. Kind of as a zombie. Yeah. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. I know the piece. It's very cool. I like it very much. So the Satanic Temple, of course, has been very busy doing a whole lot of different things. The reason that I had contacted you initially to have you on the show was because of the, the invocation in Phoenix and. Uh, the members there in Phoenix wanting to, I guess they're actually in Tucson, but they wanted to offer the invocation in Phoenix for the city council. Was it a city council meeting? Yeah. And, you know, actually we have members in Phoenix, which is funny because uh, that was kind of something we were considering. Should we have people in Phoenix offer the invocation or should we let it be people in Tucson? But the fact of the matter was they didn't have that kind of local restriction where it could be only people from Phoenix to offer the invocation to the oh, Phoenix City Council meeting. So I was perfectly fine with us having a couple of members from Tucson and offer that because while a lot of people will look at that and think it's perfectly reasonable for the City Council to of Phoenix to insist that people giving the invocations in Phoenix be uh, Phoenix residents, I actually don't think that that's a reasonable uh, restriction either. Mm-hmm. And, and I was all for pushing for people from outside of Phoenix to give the invocation because who's to say somebody who's homeless doesn't have residency, shouldn't be allowed to speak at the city council. Or if there's a 
protest for which you need a permit uh, shouldn't people from Tucson be allowed to protest in in Phoenix and and honestly the uh, local government should be able to show a uh, provide a certain burden of proof that they have some compelling interest in limiting your your free speech before they put forward such restrictions anyway so that was part of the issue after we applied to uh, put forward our invocation, they did try to change the standards to be uh, completely local, but we would have been able to do that anyway. Yeah. Well, it sounded like they tried to change the standards a whole lot just to make it so you guys couldn't be there. Basically, so they could have their way without changing and making a new law. It seemed like... Right. Well, well, they they tried to change it so that you had to be from a uh, resident of Phoenix to give the invocation. Yeah. Uh, more problematically, they were trying to change it so that you need to be invited by a member of the city council, yeah, given no, which is which openly gives the authority to the city council to act as arbiter of which is uh, appropriate religious or political expression in the city council, which of course is unconstitutional as it is. Well, yeah, because that, right. that that would turn it into you only get represented by the religions that the city council agrees with, not religions of all your constituents. Sure. Yeah, and um, when they were trying to put forward these standards, these change in standards, the city council members who were pushing for a revision of these standards were taking the social media and outright saying that they were doing this to try to block the Satanic Temple, which also, of course, was unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And then uh, the city attorney was releasing these statements saying, well, what's being proposed actually is a broad change in standards, so the Satanic Temple couldn't sue if this manages to block them in some way. Uh, but I was releasing statements pointing out essentially nice fucking try, but yeah. your, your council members who have put through these, uh, you know, who are trying to put through these measures are taking their social media, explicitly stating that they're trying to, to block us from giving the invocation. And if you think these things can't be used in court, uh, you're, you're dead wrong. Yeah. You know, and there is- they, they actually, to their credit, at least some of the, uh, some of the council members uh, took my words to heart during the city council meeting and they acknowledged them and they, they assumed that they were putting themselves in a position where they might, the city council might owe seek down a couple of money. And that's what helped them help persuade them to put through the moment of silence instead. So, so ultimately it was when, so I thought today would initially be a great day to have you on the show because today was the day that, the invocation was supposed to be offered, right? That members of the Satanic Temple were going to offer the invocation, and I was I was thinking that it would play out until the last minute. But ultimately, what happened was that the city council met and decided to have a moment of silence rather than actually offer any type of invocation going forward. Correct? Yeah, that is the case. And um, of course, then it was a question whether or not it would be still legal for them to instate the moment of silence retroactively to the point where they could block us from giving the invocation even though we applied and were approved prior to that decision by the city council. But the fact of the matter was, is, uh, you know, I figured being that they had put forward the moment of silence, which I thought was far better than having the, uh, the pre-council meeting prayers, did we really want to push to give our invocation anyway and then give them this idea that uh, that there's nothing left to lose and they might as well reinstate the prayer policy. I would rather they don't have the prayer policy at all. 
Yeah, I mean, that makes it more fair for everybody for sure and doesn't invoke sure, any... think about what you want to think about. Talk to your imaginary friend in your head or whatever. Don't impose it on everybody else. A moment of silence is neutral. Right. Yeah, I think I think that was a much better option for them. That's a much better option for anybody going forward. You know, not that they even need to have a moment of silence. I don't understand why that why that ever is even an issue. Why they have to have an invocation in the first place and then well, when they're yeah, nobody gives shit about it. Really, it was just a <laughs> it was just something to concede that uh that time before the city council meeting. It was just their way of of not saying, Okay, we're we're killing the prayer entirely. Well yeah, I mean it just it seems like a huge waste of time. Regardless, you know, I mean, if you want to pray, then fucking do it in your car ahead of time. You don't need to, or do it in the hall or whatever. You don't need to, you don't need to consume any kind of resources on any of that kind of bullshit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, that is not the place for it. And if you had seen the uh, city council meeting where they were considering this, you would see all kinds of problems with the public perception and in the things these people were saying. Uh, most, uh, a vast majority of people did not want to see the Satanic Temple give an invocation. That's what they're rallying against. But what was really disturbing to me is you saw a lot of people standing up and saying, well, when we pledge of allegiance, we say uh, under God. Or when you look at your money, you see in God we trust. And they were taking this to mean all the things we, we think it must mean to them when we rally against in God we trust being on money or, or under God being on, in the pledge of allegiance. It's to them a license. You know, this, this to them affirms their exclusive rights on religious privilege and exemption. And uh, just the response we got in Phoenix was indicative to me of how vital that fight is to take in God we trust off of money and, and, and under God out of the Pledge of Allegiance. Right. Yeah. I have a, a little article here that I'd like to read. It's, it's not very long. I've, I've added my own little tidbits to it, but it's, it's talking about the, the latest development and Arizona it says today was supposed to be a historic moment in Phoenix political history with the satanic temple delivering the invocation at the city council meeting in the name of religious freedom and to take their turn, their first turn at doing so after Christians have prayer hogged the podium at these meetings for years. The Satanists have been redeemed. However, after the city council in neighboring Scottsdale accepted the temple's request, they're expected to give their prayer sometime in April, and in and in so doing, will aid Scottsdale in what even amateurs assume is a move to undercut any potential legal battles they would face for denying the Satanic Temple. Even the rejection in Phoenix resulted in a small victory for non-believers, because the city council has committed to going out of their way to now only allow silent prayers. A spokesman, a spokesperson for the city's nonsense department, is also reporting that in accordance with this calling it not prayer prayer, while still excluding Satan policy, they will be changing the city's official motto to it's hot as heck, hoping this will also fool people. <laughs> <laughs> Prior to the Phoenix cancellation, they released a transcript of the prayer asking members to, quote, embrace the Luciferian impulse to eat of the tree of knowledge and reason our solutions with agnosticism in all things, holding fast only to that which is demonstrably true, before ending with an obligatory Hail Satan. Citizens are understandably concerned, raising objections like, we Christians have nothing in common with the Satanists. We don't want to eat from that tree. Praise Jesus. <laughs> the temple which claims not to worship Satan, but instead views him as a metaphor for rebellion and rational inquiry, inquiry applied to give the invocation with, uh, with Scottsdale because this city has no official policy on the prayer other than it be less than three minutes in length. Rules clearly set forth by the Founding Fathers in the Establishment Clause. <laughs> 
Scottsdale Communications and Public Affairs Director Kelly Corset said, We were contacted by a member identifying themselves as with the Satanic Temple and treated them all equally. We looked to book them at the next uh, available meeting, and that happened to be in April. So that's that's a little bit exciting then. Yeah, at least there's that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we should mention, too, that, you're, that you are joining us via Skype from a sushi bar. Yeah, that's that's, that's right. A sushi, sushi bar, bar in, in Cambridge. Boston. Yeah, Cambridge, Boston. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> Christians, go find him. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm so excited to have you on the show tonight. I don't know if you oh, happened to to catch our last show, but we had David Silverman on. I, had, I love David Silverman. Yeah, <laughs> he's a great guy. You know, I just, the American Atheist Conference, and he kept walking around telling everybody that he was the genius. That, that thought to invite me to the conference to speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like Dave a whole lot. He was he was actually in town for part of his book tour. So so I had convinced him to come to Salt Lake and then worked to schedule the venue and, and have a little speaking engagement and Q&A and book signing and all of that. And while he was here, I had him come and join us in the studio. So he's actually here in the studio with us and we recorded last week. That was a lot of fun. But... There was there was a part of the show where I asked him for his views on the Satanic Temple and and the work that you guys do because I, I don't know if you're aware but there's there's another you know fairly fairly well known podcast of other <laughs> atheists that have kind of shit on the Satanic Temple in the near past I guess yeah. in the last couple months and really? no I had no idea. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sorry to break the news to you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they... They have no good reason. Yeah. Ignorance. Yeah, they... I think they, they never were, do, do they? <laughs> yeah. I think I think they were overly harsh to a lot of the things that, that the Satanic Temple does. Yeah. And... Well, well, who was it? What is this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we'll... Maybe maybe we'll tell you when we cut... When, we, uh, when we're not on the air, but... Yeah, yeah when we take a break, I'll, I'll let you know who it was, but... You know, it's people that I that I admire and I agree with for the most part on <laughs> on the majority of their opinions on things. But the things that they were saying about the Satanic Temple and some of the things they said about you in particular, I was fairly upset by yeah. because they were operating in particular. <laughs> <laughs> Just tell them. Now I want to know. <laughs> Just... <laughs> I know. I think I think we all sort of found ourselves independently feeling offended and sort of I I was I was a little bit surprised. It's sort of a juvenile view, I think, that they that they take because they sort of are assuming that you're a part of the myth story that Christianity is, and by perpetuating that, you're also uh, a little bit problematic, which I completely disagree with. But yeah, no, I completely disagree with it too, especially in that I, I was around and witnessed the problems of the satanic panic. So even without me here, that mythology is being spread. Sure. And, and it's being uh, perpetuated in such a way that ruins people's lives. So when you actually stand up and self-identify and actually uh, protect the legitimacy of people being able to self-identify as they see fit, then, um, you know, I, I only think that's progress rather than the opposite. Oh, yeah. 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 And I would agree with that. And kind of in their defense, though, it's it's a weak defense. They were operating based on an email that they were sent by a listener who said that 
well, first they said that you coined the term Lucian's Law, which is which is not correct. But I no, mean, that's not correct. That originally was put forward by actually <laughs> David Williamson from the Center for uh, for Free Thought Community or something like that, or no Central Florida Free Thought Community, and then it was elaborated upon by Andrew Seidel. Yeah, from the Freedom from Religion Foundation. Right. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think Andrew did did a great job in in elaborating on that and and pointing out that if all else fails, you call in the Satanists, yeah. and and that's what he dubbed Lucian's Law. And and so they were you know they were operating under this email that they got from a listener who sent them bad information to begin with, but then they just started riffing and and ripping on the Satanic Temple and shitting on a lot of the work that you're doing, basically saying that you're playing into the Christian narrative of being a religion and at the same time damaging the atheist movement because the Satanic Temple is an atheist or quote-unquote atheistic religion. Which well, would, they, would they rather we were theistic? I mean, we, we honestly, <laughs> there's actually nothing disingenuous in what we're putting forward, and I think that's part of the problem people have is they think we're playing these clever tactics, but we're actually not, you know. Everything we put forward to you is uh, is completely 100% where we're coming from. And I know that the realization of that might be uncomfortable to a lot of people. And I mention that at, at conferences that I speak at, because I typically speak to atheist conferences and that kind of thing. And and I've I've often opened up and acknowledged that I know people, uh, you know, in, in the crowds I'm speaking to would probably feel a lot more comfortable if they felt that we were uh, actually trying to do this clever little ploy, uh, uh, you know, this atheist activism tactic against the, the theocratic encroachments that we're seeing. But the fact of the matter is that you can take everything you say at face value, and that's what they, and that's exactly what we mean. We view what we're doing as a as a religious perspective, of course. You know, we view Satanism as, as a religion, and, and legitimately so, that it defines our kind of cultural identity and that type of thing. And we're willing to make that argument uh, legalistically and everything else. It really isn't just a ploy. It's something we feel like we can't throw away. We can't discard that that's the reality of who we are. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know how much of the market uh, from the atheist crowd we gather around us that that might alienate. But it really doesn't matter. This was never a numbers game to begin with. Yeah, and I, 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 we've talked about this on the show. We talk about you when you're not here. Uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that, that you guys fill a, a very specific niche that atheists as of yet are still sort of blocked from, uh, which, which allows you to kind of get in there and drive a wedge and penetrate, uh, to get, to get things done that Wait, are much. Atheism is such a broad category. And I really feel yeah. like it's a major mistake for atheist activists to, try to narrow down what atheism means, whether, you know, they're trying to define uh, political persuasion or, you know, people stands on issues or whatever else. To me, it's progress if, you know, you have your hardcore Republicans and your far-left liberals alike saying, okay, yeah, no, I'm, I'm an atheist, however, you know, these are the issues I believe in. Because then at least maybe you stand a chance of arguing the issues, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. it, you know, it's, it's better if you're not falling back on biblical justification or anything else. If it's some argument from cognitive dissonance, that's another thing. But let's let's mm -hmm. get rid of the, the supernaturalist yeah. question altogether. I think that's only progress. I mean, Satanism narrows it down a bit. You know, certainly not all atheists are Satanists. 
right. and we wouldn't ask that they be so. And when we get this kind of criticism that we make atheism look bad, you know, it makes me wonder, would they rather we were theistic or that we claimed we were? Right. Yeah. Right. And I, I think I think it doesn't say a lot for the advancement of skepticism to take an email from a fan and run with it in such a way either. Yeah. Like I said, they, <laughs> they were going based on getting an email from a listener who, who first gave them bad information, but then they didn't question any of it at all. And then were heaping their own bits of, of venom on top of all of it. And it, it really bothered me as I was sitting there listening to these guys who, like I said, I, I agree with, you know, 99% of the time and then was really upset by them spewing all of this bullshit about something they obviously had no fucking clue about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you should have heard the uh, city council meeting at Phoenix <laughs> oh. when they were deliberating about whether they would initiate a moment of silence to try to block us entirely. The slander people were speaking was just... Uh, you know, it was over the top. You had, uh, for one thing, everybody was saying that we are a we are a cult, not a religion. And nobody <laughs> was nobody was bothering to qualify their terminology, what they mean when they talk about a cult or when they talk about a religion, or why they think the two are mutually exclusive. Yeah, right. I mean, and, all evidence would point to the absolute opposite. Right. But um, and with no sense of irony at the at the Phoenix City Council meeting who was referring to us as a misogynistic hate group. And she was justifying this opinion of hers by uh, the fact that the woman who is going to give our invocation in Phoenix is a, is she's a model and she's taken, she's had photographs taken in bondage here and, and, you know, nude pictures and those types of things. And of course, according to her, this is, this advocates violence against women. I guess it's a, Mm. You know, that's like a an old school 1970s puritanical way of thinking, well, you know, social justice way of thinking. But yeah, well, and, and so so apparently the irony of her slamming another woman for doing what she chooses to with her own body was was completely lost on this person. Right. That right. that a, a, certainly a woman can't decide what she can do with her yeah. own body. Right. You well, know. you see, there's there's it's to the point where. Feminism, for a long time now, feminism has been a very difficult uh, thing to get a, a definition on. You, it's it's like when somebody tells you they're a Christian, you have to see where they're where they're coming from because yeah. there's there's diametrically opposing strands of feminism, and that's one of them. You know, there's the kind of anti-pornographic, anti-naked picture, uh, that kind of thing advocates violence against women type of crowd, and then there's the feminist sex worker crowd. So <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and so you ask where somebody's coming from. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um but but certainly a theistic female um talking about some you know somebody else who uh, is in a group that who she she's claiming represents uh misogyny is 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 in itself a certain form of irony. Yeah, and and a certain form of sexism. Yeah. Oh, the bigger irony though or the equal <laughs> irony during the Phoenix City Council meeting was how many people were claiming that the only purpose of the Satanic Temple was to silence voices. They were trying to muzzle religious speech. Mm -hmm. And it's just funny <laughs> because actually this all derived from us offering to speak. You know, all we said was that we want to speak. And it caused that kind of controversy. And they were doing everything they could to, to shut us down. And as part of that, they were claiming that our... our our motivation is the science religious speech. Are, are you a recognized uh, religion? 
well, what do you mean by recognized? I mean, we, we don't seek uh, tax exemption. We're, okay. we're registered as a religious organization. Okay. So I, I, just, I, I would argue that we don't need anything more than that in any case. Sure, sure. I just meant that, you know, the yeah, I mean, try, trying to say that you're – your intent is to silence religious voices when you yourself are trying to have a religious view heard <laughs> and being silenced. Right. Right. Yeah. So I, I had mentioned that we had David Silverman on the show and that I had asked him about uh, the satanic temple and, and the work that you're doing and everything. I wanted to play a little clip of that. Uh, it's about five and a half minutes long. So feel free to cut in anytime and I'll pause it and you can respond to whatever. But I had asked David about, the the work that the satanic temple does and just his thoughts on it so i'm just gonna okay. pl- i'm gonna play that and let you let you respond and like i said feel free to cut in anytime if you if you'd like uh, earlier in the show you mentioned that people can claim that they are religions but you disagree that they are religions because and words are important words matter yeah well and and we've talked about activism and that kind of stuff and i mean looking around the studio you can see we've got stuff from the satanic temple here yeah. and and i'm a big fan of the work the satanic temple does i'm i'm i was wondering what your views are on what the satanic temple does and and how they're going about things because i've heard from other people that i respect a great deal saying that they think the satanic temple is ultimately damaging to the cause of atheism and, mm-hmm. and damaging to the separation of church and state because I don't it's just wrapping I don't give a fuck about them, and I don't give a fuck about their cause, you know? Like, when when we're putting these things forward in the name of Satanism, I'm actually fighting for Satanism, so fuck them. They they can cry out they want. We're not theistic, and we're not going to claim that we are. I mean, what would be the point of that? But um, when we're putting forward to speak, we're putting forward for for a Satanist to speak. And, And, you know, this does mean something to us. This is our sense of cultural identity. This does embody our deeply held beliefs and those types of things. I really could give a shit about their cause or or their their feelings about how we should be more conciliatory towards the opposition because I don't feel that that has proven a uh, a productive tactic in, in in any case in any scenario whatsoever. No, yeah, not at all. And and Dave actually agrees with that with that point. Uh, let me I'll I'll start this up again here to the separation of church and state because it, it's just wrapping bullshit under a different type of label and promoting itself as a religion. And in my view, the Satanic Temple fills a particular niche perfectly, right? Because they label themselves as a religion and therefore use all of the arguments and benefits and special privileges that all of these other religions have claimed for so long when they're basically diametrically opposed or or these other Christians and whatever other faiths view Satanists as being so terrible, but they're using the same arguments to present a separation of church and state and to promote a secular government and, and basically allowing really no religious privilege, but saying that they're doing so on a religious basis. Yeah. So, uh, I, I have a great admi- uh, admiration for Lucian Greaves and the Satanic Temple. I think they're doing good work. Um, I think the people who say that they're doing bad work and that they're making atheists look bad don't realize that they're making atheists look bad to the ignorant masses who already hate atheists. And I loved that point that he made, which was just that, you know, anybody who would say that the Satanic Temple is making atheism look bad to anybody, the people that it would look bad to don't give a fuck about atheism anyway and already hate atheism. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter. That's a moot point. Right. right? It's, it's not like you can look at the Satanic Temple and say, well, things were going so well until these guys came along. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really the case. But. You know, when I talk about things like the satanic panic in the yeah. 80s and 90s and people going to prison and being accused essentially of 
supernatural crimes and suffering for them. Um, this idea that we can't touch the symbolism of Satanism, that we have to treat Satanism differently from any other religious point of view, when that does resonate for certain people, and the idea of, uh, of blasphemy is, uh, is kind of a, a, a counter-indoctrination measure and something they latch onto as a higher calling, um, to preserve that the idea that Satanism is untouchable um, only serves to affirm this idea that still at some level the opposite terminology uh, the, the Judeo-Christian religions act as arbiter of what's uh, morally correct, I think is also damaging. You know, it's not only damaging to preserve that witch hunty idea that anybody who embraces the, the symbolism or, or terminology of, of Satan must also be uh, cruel and corrupt and, and antisocial and criminal and those types of things. It, it's also it's also counterproductive on the other side in that it, it affirms the legitimacy of, of the Christian perspective. I really don't understand why we're dealing with that kind of pushback from people who should be able to see beyond that. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't understand that bit either. Let me I'll get this going again here. They're they're not hurting us any more than we're already hurt because they may be reinforcing a stereotype, but they're reinforcing yeah. a stereotype with the people who know us the least and already right. hate us. Yeah. What they are doing is taking the church of the flying spaghetti monster one step farther and they're saying they're they're using an actual religious figure and actual religious texts and using it to further a secular government. Um it's brilliant. And really, really effective. And we worked with them at Oklahoma City to get the Ten Commandments removed. Uh, the ACLU went in on the federal level. We, uh, the state level, we went in on the federal level. And the Church of Satan went in to try and get a 14th Amendment type of a, an equal statue. And the three of us worked together and the, the monument went away. Uh, it's effective. And it made a change and it made a positive change. And I think that the way he's using it, the way the Satanic Temple is, is massaging themselves, no, uh, they're not a religion. But they are a religion legally. They're not a religion mm -hmm. definitionally. Sure. But legally, just like the secular Jews, they are. Mm -hmm. And they're using that to their advantage. They're using it to our advantage. Yeah. And I, I think they're doing great work, and I support them. So you say that they're not a religion definitionally. What What is what is your definition of a, of a religion? Say, and well, so, what makes so it a religion? This is the thing. Uh, there are three definitions for religion. Mm -hmm. One is the belief in a god. A god, of course, is defined as a supernatural intelligence. Okay. One is the practice of ceremonies around a belief in a God. And one is something that's pursued fervently. Okay. So definition three is stupid. Okay. I, I, <laughs> yeah. And, and I openly, I really like to golf. I think I could start. Yeah. yeah exactly. I, I know, right. <laughs> I know, uh, definition three, something that's pursued fervently is ridiculous. Okay. Yeah. That's equating the Catholic church with thumb twiddling or football yeah. Yeah. or anybody with, or, or turning on an awful light switch for an OCD person. That's not a religion. Okay. <laughs> right, right. So if you just summarily omit that stupid ass definition because it's stupid, then you've got two definitions that require a supernatural belief. That makes the satanic temple atheistic, a club. That makes the secular Jews a club, not a religion. And that's, that's where I felt like this, this little bit went off the rails a little bit. Um, and I, I, I was wondering what your response would, would be to that. And I, I spoke, f I spoke for you a little bit coming up here in just a bit of what I thought your response would be, but I'm, I'm curious to know what your response is, is to that charge that you're not really a religion because you don't have any belief in, in a supernatural being. Oh, you're asking me. Yes. Oh, I thought I was still listening to the recording. Oh. I, I, <laughs> I fooled you. <laughs> no, I, 
I agree with everything he said, but I don't accept his acceptance of uh, of the definitions of religion that are outside the legal definition. You know, I, I don't think we should accept any of those because you know a lot the legal thinking went into this because it, it tries to massage this idea that you know we're a pluralistic nation, you, you, we have religious liberty that doesn't exclude anybody, and therefore the only legitimate definition legally of a religion embodies that uh, deeply held belief in, in cultural identity rather than definitions that are dependent upon a, a higher being or those types of things. And, and I don't I don't recognize those outside definitions, outside the legal definitions. I think the legal definition is in place for, for good purpose. And I really don't think those, you know, demanding certain uh, criteria of religion based on supernaturalism I don't. I don't even think that makes sense. Yeah, and and I agree. Um, what I, what I thought you may have, re- or, or the way that I thought you may have replied. That's coming up here. We'll do better to cue you in when we cut it next time. Yeah. <laughs> here we go. Well, I'm curious about that because I think Lucian would probably say he says he's a non-theistic religion. That's how he defines himself. Yeah, uh, and, and 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 to say that you have to have a belief or that a necessary part of religion is that you have to have belief in a supernatural deity. I think he would say that that's playing into a religious narrative just as the Christians would do. I'm just taking the definitions out of the book, out of the dictionary, okay? Words have meanings. Yeah. And I say the opposite. I say that he's playing into the religion by, and, and the secular Jews are playing into the religion narrative by claiming to be a religion. You're, mm-hmm. you're implying theism. You're implying a belief in a God. That's what the vernacular is. They're the ones playing into it by calling themselves a religion, by saying we want to be a religion because being a religion is good. That's playing into the narrative. Now, he and I disagree on this one point, and he's wrong, but that's fine. <laughs> um, well, we've got him on next week, so I'll, and, and I'll be fine. asking him the same tips. He, he's, he's doing good work, and he's, he's using the law to do good work. Yep. Yep. And I have no problem with using the law to do good work. So, you know, I'll disagree with him on a thing. Yeah, you know? it's a pretty minor point. Yeah, yeah. it's a yeah. real minor point, and <laughs> yeah. and you know we're we're playing different roles here, and we're doing different things, and and the role that he's doing kind of requires him to take that position. Sure, it does. In fact, it absolutely yeah, requires it him to take yeah. that yeah. position. Yes, it does. Uh, and it's an incorrect position, I maintain, but that's fine. He's doing the role. He's doing the job. He's he's yeah. he's getting stuff done. Yeah. Well, so, and, so and you're and not think, very far apart. I, I think yeah. Dan's objection was the same that certain people we were listening to in the movement who are actually fairly influential just had a, absolutely 100% objection because mm-hmm. it's just as false as the God thing. But whatever. I mean, the results are yeah, what they are. Yeah, if you're putting it on a I scale, mean, like, well, how can you say <laughs> yeah. one is equal to another when you look at the results that they're getting? That was my... Yeah, the, resu- the results that was are my, That was my problem with a lot of the things that, that these other people that, you know, I respect and listen to quite a bit were mm-hmm. saying and, and that I completely disagreed with. And, yep. So I, I'm glad for your take on that. Thank yeah. you very much. Sure. And that was the end of the clip. <laughs> so so I think I think I kind of nailed the, the type of response that you would give that... You know, to to say that the satanic- yeah, I just I just don't agree that you should concede religion to supernaturalists because I think there is something to the idea of religion outside of supernaturalism, and I think there should be some recourse to communities uh, that are attached by deeply held belief to be able to make the argument that they should be exempt or privileged somehow on certain things um, due to that deeply held belief. Um, whether it be conscientious objectors or whatever else. 
you know, in a case where it at least be reasonably considered that if somebody is compelled by the government to do something or, or act in, in any certain way, that it undermines their sense of identity in such a way that, that it's really damaging in ways they may not have, have counted on. You know, I, I actually think there is some place for religious privilege and exemption. And that, that might be something of a surprise to people to hear as well. But I think uh, so long as that door is open to everybody, everybody of, of any particular religious opinion, whether it be non-belief or, or, or whatever else, then, then, it's, uh, then it's a tenable position. Then you're not giving some exclusive privilege to a certain set of people. You know, you're really considering people for what they're saying to you. Well, that that, that plays into your your guys' uh, having your basic abortion waivers, saying it's my deeply held belief that I'm allowed to do this and I shouldn't have to watch your video and wait, you know, 72 hours to go through this process. And I thought that was a pretty awesome thing when you guys did that as basically as a uh, well, it goes further a, a good than fight. That, we were objecting to the informed consent materials in Missouri that explicitly states in those materials that uh that life begins a conception yeah and that to terminate this this pregnancy will terminate a unique individual human life and, and that really is a matter of religious opinion and not something we think should be forced upon somebody when they're making a difficult decision and certainly not the type of in- information that justifies a 72-hour waiting period yeah. to digest yeah well and, and especially when those types of opinions are they blossom or stem from a religious belief in mm-hmm. the first place. And so counteracting those types of beliefs and actions with an opposing religious belief is is the is the perfect niche that I think the satanic temple fills. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I think we should take a quick break here and when we get back we'll talk more about the reproductive rights campaign and Oklahoma City and what they have done in the past and are trying to do in the near future. Uh, Stay tuned, everybody. The next rant will start right after this. Hey, y'all, this is Tucker from the Atheist in the Trailer Park podcast. And I might live in a beer can, but I ain't no inbred redneck. And if you listen to my podcast, I'm going to learn you something. And no, I ain't talking about how to marry your cousin and not have kids with 16 fingers and stuff like that. I mean, I actually talk about real stuff and teach people where the Bible stole its stories from. So y'all give me a listen, would you? Thank you. Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now. Welcome back. We are joined still (laughs) by the wonderful Mr. Doug Mesner, a.k.a. Lucian Greaves, spokesperson for the Satanic Temple. We've got some other things that we wanted to talk to you about tonight, one of them being... The, the Oklahoma, the, the, the recent developments in Oklahoma City. You know, in the past, the Satanic Temple worked to, uh, get the Decalogue removed, uh, from the Oklahoma City, was it the Capitol grounds or court, court grounds? Yeah, no, it was the Capitol. Was it the Capitol? The Capitol building. So, so you worked to get those, rem- you, you worked to get it removed from there. One of the primary arguments was that it was against even Oklahoma state constitution. Yeah. So one of the recent developments is that there's a lawmaker there in Oklahoma who is trying to pass a change to their constitution in order to allow the Decalogue to be replaced back at the Capitol building. Uh, yeah, I saw that. 
<laughs> I, I figured you had probably been informed of such things. What are what are your thoughts on that? I mean, ultimately, this is going. Ultimately, this is another losing battle that they're choo- that they're choosing to wage. I don't understand why they want to waste their time on this kind of bullshit and money. Yeah, yeah, I don't understand it either. As uh, it seems, to, yeah, as it seems to me, uh, it, it's it's uh, not a very popular battle to fight either. The n- local newscasts I looked at, the local news articles uh, that allowed for public comments showed a, a vast majority of, of negative commentary and it sounded like people locally saying that this is a massive waste of money and embarrassment to their state. So I don't know if that will have any effect at all to people, but uh, it's amazing that there's people in public office where this is their priority. You know, this is obviously what, what they think is the most important issue of everything they have to handle at, at any local level. And that's that's deeply disturbing. Yeah, that that apparently Oklahoma has no other pressing issues than getting the Ten Commandments erected back on Capitol grounds. That's the most important thing that they could be spending their taxpayers' funds on. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Oklahoma is very high in statistics when it comes to being the <laughs> best in the nation at anything. But that was an interesting thing, also, about some of the public comments made in Phoenix by some of the council members. There was a council member in Phoenix when it came to our invocation, uh, Jim Warren, and and he was saying to the press directly that uh, he felt that Phoenix should take us to court, even in the face of certain defeat. And, and that just struck me as an amazing uh, statement to make when this wasn't his money to spend. Yeah, right. You know, this was the the public. This, these were the public funds being put forward. So. How is it that the the general population could actually tolerate him saying those things at all? And I'm sure he identifies as a fiscally conservative Republican. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the irony. You know, I'm I'm just going to assume that Oklahoma w- saw you guys on CNN and saw the Baphomet statue being unveiled and thought that thing looks pretty cool. We would love it to have it in our capital. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what yeah, I think. They, they, seem to be really dying for it. Actually, in Oklahoma, they seem to feel like they can, as in Arkansas, they feel like they can just ignore our request. But that's really, that really doesn't stand. Like in Arkansas, they put forward the idea that they will deliberate upon our our application as they, as they see fit when they feel like it. And um, in actuality, if they don't uh, give us the same consideration that they give the Ten Commandments, application we have grounds for a lawsuit then in arkansas as in oklahoma there are several parties that could that could sue them for discrimination not just us including hindu group i think uh PETA in both cases and in other organizations that offered up monuments as well yeah i didn't know PETA wanted to erect a monument yeah PETA at least in one of the spots maybe both i don't know if it's uh, arkansas or oklahoma that i'm certain about but at least one of them if not both of them, I'd be hmm. curious to see what their statue would be. Nothing against PETA, but yeah, the, the well, plan- why, why not? The open forum has been open. Yeah, and the the fact of the matter is, if you don't like our message or didn't like our message, that's beside the point. And yeah. that's something I've said in many of the interviews I've given because I get sick of the question where people, well, people expect me to summarize our beliefs and in, in who we are and all of you know a, a ten second soundbite, which isn't isn't really reasonable at all yeah 
But uh, often in interviews, I'll point out that our beliefs really aren't the question. You know, if, if they're vetting me to determine whether or not they can actually align with the values of the Satanic Temple or not, it doesn't matter. What people need to realize, it doesn't matter who we are or what we believe. They should just realize that basic point that yeah. the government can't engage in viewpoint discrimination. Mm-hmm. We could be everything they suspected we were, you know, everything they they, they claimed to, to hate and despise. And, and that wouldn't change the, the fact that they cannot simply engage in that viewpoint discrimination in such a way that they keep us from speaking. Correct. Yeah. And I've actually been using the uh, seven tenets of the Satanic Temple as an argument lately without telling them where it came from first, where I'll read them to them and go, hey, what do you think about this? Do you think this is a, a, a right way or a moral and just way to live your life? And usually nobody disagrees with like, yeah, that's, I find that to be fair. I kind of, that's, that seems like something pretty good. Sounds like, good. yeah, by the way, that comes from the Satanic Temple. <laughs> Fuck your right. religion. Well, th- well, then they argue that that's the domain of Satan. Right, because um, uh, we all know who the arbiters of moral authority yeah. are. So, if you if you ex- accept some of these moral premises, you also have to accept, I guess, that uh, homosexuals are evil or that abortion is wrong. Yeah, but I, I have not yet to have anybody come up with a valid argument against the seven tenets of the Satanic Temple to be like, well, uh, I guess well, I can agree with see, that. But that's like I say, then then you come up with a lot of that shit, like, well. Uh, they just call themselves Satanists to yeah. Christians or provoke people or whatever else. When you know, it really doesn't matter what I, what I say. To the contrary, people are going to going to believe that one way or the other. Mm-hmm. So I had mentioned that we've got some artwork here in the studio that I had that I had gotten through a donation to the Reproductive Rights Campaign. What's the What's the latest on that? I mean, when when we spoke to you last, of course, the the Reproductive Rights Campaign was just kicking off. And the the woman who was seeking an abortion had traveled there and was told that she had to wait. What's what's her situation? Um, her situation, I'm not entirely clear on, and I, I don't keep close t- ties with her. And, and part of that um, is really intentional because uh, if I'm deposed for some reason in this case, I, I really don't want very close knowledge of of her life and who she is. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of for that purpose mm-hmm. but um the the lawsuits we have a state and a federal lawsuit the state claim is leveraging the religious freedom restoration act and the federal claim is is just a straight first amendment case the uh state case has actually had a bit of a deliberation on it and the judge dismissed it without prejudice saying he he wasn't entirely clear how this was a religious freedom restoration act claim Hmm. So we had to amend the complaint and, and resubmit it, and that's where we are now. The, the federal case hasn't been deliberated on at all. But, of course, because there was that dismissal without prejudice, which was really just us uh, amending our complaint and resubmitting it, you have these uh, uh, Christian news sources like LifeSite News, uh, probably Christian News Service, and the ones that usually lie about us, um, <laughs> either willfully or, or not getting the story entirely wrong and in outright reporting that we, we lost this case oh. that we were sent home and, you know, and that uh, the judge threw it out as this kind of frivolous lawsuit from the get go or whatever, which, you know, isn't true, but there really hasn't been a whole lot of motion so far. 
Yeah, well, and that kind of that kind of information and, and misinformation comes from people who, of course, are seeking to promote their own narrative and probably have no idea what what a dismissal without prejudice even means. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, and and they they uh, they don't care either. You know, they they want it to be that. They, that's what they want to report, so that's what they will. I don't know. You should uh, check out if you haven't seen it, a piece I wrote for the friendly atheist um, a couple months back when uh, CNN aired a 45 minute piece about the satanic temple uh, hosted by Lisa Ling. Um, afterwards, we got so much uh, negative Christian press that were full of lies that I found it necessary to write a piece about it. And um, one of the, one of the pieces was from a website called church militants and they, they were so affronted by this CNN uh, depiction of Satanism in, in what they call the positive light that they, uh, they referred to me as Doug Mesner, who is a sex offender. Oh. <laughs> and, well, you know, yeah, I, I did yeah, see that. Yeah. Yeah. So naturally I, I emailed them immediately and CC'd my lawyer openly <laughs> on the message and said, you know, I pointed out to them that I'm not a sex offender either by, by deed or legal sanction <laughs> and, yeah. and that uh, them claiming that I am an actionable offense. So yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they immediately retracted it, which I also found kind of interesting. They, they didn't message me back and say, actually, we got some misinformation here. Sorry, or anything like that. They just, they immediately, I mean, within minutes hmm. uh, messaged back and said, okay, we're, we're changing that. It, it made me feel that they they had no reason for believing that that was accurate information to begin with. Yeah, let's see, let's see if we can get away with this slander. Yeah, yeah, they were just they were just trying to poison the well against you and the Satanic Temple to begin with. Oh yeah, and that kind of thing is horrific, and, and we see that kind of slander pop up often. We have to keep on top of it because as soon as somebody prints that, then the next person to say, "Well, according to somebody else, right. this is the case," then. Uh, it's far more difficult to uh, to prosecute. Sometimes I just wish those Christians would have, would have eaten some of that knowledge fruit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you mentioned the the CNN show uh, that was the show with Lisa Ling, where yeah. she did a little expose on the Satanic Temple and and the reproductive rights campaign and the unveiling of the Baphomet statue and everything. I I thought that was a that was a pretty fair. Not not to be all fox on you, but that was a pretty fair and balanced <laughs> presentation of what the Satanic Temple is and and stands for. Uh, what were your thoughts on it? I thought so too. I, I thought it was very well done. Uh, something that should be recognized though is that it took a lot of negotiation, and I wasn't negotiating to get things uh, uh, depicted in our favor. Um, obviously, they they could do what they want, mm -hmm. and they had ultimate editorial control. But um, I've been very careful on agreeing to uh, media representations of us. We get approached all the time oh, by sure, production yeah. companies, uh, film crews, you know, documentary crews, that type of thing. And they, they want to work with us on different projects. And uh, most of the time, it's very insulting. You know, they, they want to do this reality TV show kind of uh, bullshit that would really just kind of cash us out. It'd be a false narrative. Of but... Um, so when we do get approached, I have all these all these standards, and I tell them up front, I'm not going to do a personal profile, and, and I don't think that kind of thing is appropriate anyway. We're not going to do this kind of uh, reality TV. I've always thought Lisa does a does a really good job with her show, 
and apparently we have internet connection problems. And they will try to get the call back. Well, and failed. Please stand by. The Godless Revolution will continue in a moment. Hey, everybody, this is X. And I'm Kyle. And I'm Felicia. We're the Utah Outcasts. Three out, unashamed, and active atheists living in Utah. And we are personally inviting you to let us love your ears each and every week. As we take the news, current events, and pop culture and give it a little twist... A love twist with consent. And we'll be joined each week by a special guest to tell us what makes them an outcast like us. Come find us. The Utah Outcasts. On PodHell.com, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And on UtahOutcast.com. We finally bought that domain off the kids handing out mixtapes in the mall. Come be an outcast with us. Take care of yourselves out there. Bonne nuit. And you're welcome. You and the Godless Revolution will be reassimilated in three, two, one. Hello. Hey. Yay. You <laughs> <laughs> You're back I, again. I was, I was going through this very florid description and this browsing speech that got everybody on their feet <laughs> over here. And then next thing I knew, you guys weren't on the line at all. And I thought I'd probably been talking for 10 minutes straight, ranting on, delivering my greatest oration ever. Oh, God damn it. We're and there it wasn't. And now I don't even remember what I was talking about. I feel <laughs> terrible that we missed. Well, we were talking about Lisa Ling. And I thought that she did a good job representing the Satanic Temple. And you said that, or that you go through this list of things that you will and won't do and, and that you didn't want it to be like a reality TV show bullshit, anything like that. And then it kind of dropped. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it was rousing, wasn't it? It was, it was beautiful. Very inspiring. I was clapping. Brought me to tears. Yeah, yeah. You'd, you'd really have to be there. You'd have to hear the whole thing I said, but nonetheless, it was, it was classic. How's, yeah. how's the spicy tuna, though? More to the point. Spicy I don't tuna? think I had spicy tuna. Oh. <laughs> I had some sashimi. Oh, okay. Uh, Quite a bit of it, actually. <laughs> uh, so, so we were talking about Lisa Ling. The next thing that I wanted to talk to you about is the thing that, that was posted on your timeline earlier today about the satanic panic killing of an eight-year-old. Jude Mira. Yes. Well, I'm really quite happy that I've managed to draw attention to this, leveraging the, the popularity of the satanic temple, because this is a, a, an issue I've been looking at for for years now, and, and years before the satanic temple was even founded. And it's actually been a very difficult thing to bring press attention to because it's more complicated than can be summarized in a headline. Um, you know, it, it really is pretty easy to generate press when it comes to things like invocations at city council meetings or whatever else. But when it's more complicated than that, and it needs to be summarized in, in all of a paragraph, um, you can count on the media interest dropping off quite a bit. Hmm. So the fact that I've managed to get raw story and vice to write about it, mm -hmm has been a major success for me and, and get a, over a thousand signatures to this petition to have the, the therapist's uh, license reviewed it is very gratifying to me because they've, they've gotten away with this for so long. And I guess for people who don't know about what the issue is, um, there was a, a high-profile case uh, just uh, six years ago in which a, a socialite in Manhattan, a self-made multimillionaire mother, murdered her eight-year-old 
autistic child because she felt that she was preserving the child from uh, enduring a lifetime of abuse at the hands of some non-existent satanic cult. And um, his mother now is serving 18 years in prison, but something that went completely unnoticed was that this woman had reached out uh, for help from licensed professional mental health professionals who unfortunately believe in this delusional conspiracy narrative that harkens back to the 1980s, 1990s satanic panic involving satanic ritual abuse and other things that have been completely debunked. And for the most part, these narratives are drawn forward by recovered memories in the same way that people uh, remember in a confabulatory way under hypnosis that they were abducted by aliens or that they live past lives or anything like that. So we have a petition in place to try to uh, get the California Board of Licensure to actually unlicense this clinical psychologist who promotes these delusional conspiracy narratives um, on the grounds that we think it's self-evident that this is harmful to people who, mentally vulnerable people that would come to her for help. So who, what is the name of the therapist? Ellen Lachter. And um, something that was pointed out in the Vice piece that just came out today was that she was actually roommates uh, with a woman named Diana Napolis, who was uh, convicted of celebrity stalking. She was stalking Jennifer Love Hewitt and Steven mm. Spielberg. And her feeling was that I believe both of them were part of some satanic cult conspiracy and that they were uh, directing some type of uh, of weaponry towards her head. You know, uh, so some mind control weaponry or some 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 fucking thing like that. I mean, this this stuff is crazy. It's absolutely insane. And these people who are at the absolutely craziest are supposed to be the uh, the ones who are overseeing people's mental health. Yeah. Ironically, and there's just no excuse for that whatsoever. If we take mental health seriously, we need to take claims, uh, uh, reality claims seriously, and we need to. Uh, at some point, uh, really assign some kind of arbitration as to what is a is a claim based in reality and what is not. I mean, for instance, if somebody walks into the therapist's office and say that they're the, they're Jesus Christ or that they're the reincarnation of Napoleon, it, does it really make sense then? in the profession that it is for people to take this kind of postmodernist perspective and say, well, who are we to say that they're not, you know? I mean, when you're talking mental health, you have to have some kind of idea of what reality is, and this goes beyond issues of academic freedom or whatever else. If you're, you're uh, promoting narratives that really have no evidence to justify them, you know, we can, we can call you delusional at that point. And I feel delusional people should not be in the mental health business. Mm. And ironically, far too often, the people who hold these narratives are in the mental mm -hmm. health field. Yeah. And to, to a large degree, yeah. these are the primary people who, who believe in these conspiracy narratives at all. They, uh, they get in the mental health field, you know, they, they believe in the recovered memory narratives. And that's, that's what they work that's what they work toward, you know. That's that's the narrative they work towards. Yeah, it, it's funny you should mention that. Uh, Tracy and I are catching up on. We're reviewing all previous nine seasons of the X Files <laughs> in in preparation to watch the the reboot of the X Files, right? And and there were a few episodes where they mentioned 
satanic cultism mm-hmm. and the satanic panic and and it was interesting to me like i at the time when i had initially watched all of the x-files episodes it it didn't really 90s. occur to me right it, yeah in back in the 90s it wasn't it wasn't that big a deal to me i hadn't i hadn't really thought much about it but in in watching them now with more information and, and knowing that the satanic panic was all a bunch of bullshit it's 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 kind of fun to watch uh scully's response to a lot of these charges that these kids may have been abducted by Satanists and sacrificed and that kind of stuff. And, and it's kind of cool seeing her being the skeptic about all of this when we know now that that was all bullshit at the time. Yeah, you know, I never really watched X-Files its first round. And then I saw the first reboot episode recently. And I feel like it was something maybe I could have enjoyed at a certain time. But now I'm too... uh invested in combating these narratives that even I even seeing them in a fictional context I'm seeing this kind of Alex Jones narrative being put forward on on network television I'm just cringing and I'm thinking this is this is fucking awful this is the worst thing I've ever seen you know It, it I just have no sense of humor about it anymore I can't appreciate it at all I absolutely hated the first episode of the new X-Files, and, and I feel like, I, but I, but you know, with the caveat that I know I can't have a, a neutral perspective on it. Yeah, and, and I feel the same way. I mean, watching all of these old episodes, I'm like, I remember watching all of these things when I, you know, when I first saw them and thinking, oh yeah, alien abduction, you know, everybody's talking about that. Yeah. That's, a, that's a thing that happens, and you know, Scully's a skeptic and she doesn't believe, but here you've got Mulder who has all this evidence and she's presented with this evidence and she's seen these things and she still won't believe. And why won't she believe? And now watch, you know, going back and watching all of them now, it's like, wow, I used to believe in some really stupid things. I feel like I've really been on the shit in this issue though. And I've seen people's lives destroyed and that type of thing that I can't, I can't separate it. And I can't see it as, as this fictional narrative. I think it would be similar for you if you're watching a movie like Risen and everybody's oh. <laughs> it redeemed by by the presence of the Christ coming yeah. or, or whatever yeah. else. It just you can't watch it, it, you know, with this mindset. Well, ah, it's fiction that's entertaining or whatever yeah. else. You know, there's there's too much baggage attached to it to to be able to appreciate it at all. Oh yeah, and I, and I feel the well, same way about yeah. all of the you know movies about fucking exorcisms and demon possessions and ghosts and all of that other. All of that other bullshit that, you know, 10 years ago would, would have possibly frightened me. And now I'm like, this is stupid. Yeah, what a waste of time. Especially when they feature such well-known demons as Steven Spielberg and Jennifer yeah. Love Hewitt. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we did have the case with the Memphis three that I think became a pretty well-known case with the movies and the documentaries that came out about it and the munition, uh, musicians that were behind them. And the whole reason why they got put in prison was because the whole community said these three boys killed these two kids in a satanic ritual. Mm. And they believed it because they were the outcasts of the community and everything. And these kids had nothing to do with any satanic rituals or whatever. But that was one of the sole reasons on why they got convicted. Yeah. Falsely. And, and it just goes to show, uh, I mean, as, as well as the case of Gigi Jordan, which we have a petition out for now, uh, the death of Jude Mira. And uh, there's another case. Recently, within the past few years here at Castlewood, there was an eating disorders clinic that was uh, that was putting women through this kind of therapy that was convincing them that they were victims of satanic ritual abuse and those type of things. It, it's still a, a current problem. Uh, you know, the satanic panic is said to have come and gone in the 80s and 90s, but really there was no change in policy with mental health care. You know, uh, there was no real 
revisions to uh, procedure and there was no apologies uh, put thereafter. It says, uh, it says an author of a, a book called uh, We Believe the Children, which recently came out, which was a history of the Satanic Panic, pointed out um, after the Salem witch trials, there, there were apologies. You know, there were repercussions. Uh, one of the primary judges from the Salem witch trials issued an apology about 10, 20 years later or something like that. No such thing happened after the Satanic Panic in the 80s and 90s. Nothing changed except they don't they don't make it as public anymore. Yeah, and yet it still happens. It still happens and is just as crude a form as it did in the 80s and 90s as well. And and that's that's unknown to so many people, but it, it's actually very prevalent. And and if you look up and see if you can find people in your area, uh, psychotherapists that deal with dissociative identity disorder, which is the rebranding of multiple personality disorder, bullshit diagnosis, you yeah. know, the, the entire basis of this whole moral panic. You'll, I'm sure you'll find people near you today who, who specialize in that. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, I think that's probably an inherent problem of the soft science of psychology mm. and psychiatry, right? That there's no empirical evidence that you can point to for, for a lot of these conditions. You know, you, you can be a godbotherer and still be a brain surgeon like fucking Ben Carson, and and you can do some brilliant work knowing and understanding basic biology facts and and how the human body works. But when you when you separate, you know, the hard science of knowing how something works with a particular belief of how something may have come about as far as someone's psychology, it's a whole different realm, right? And and so it's a lot easier for these charlatans to get away with this kind of bullshit. Yeah, and there's something unique about the uh, about mental health care as well. People don't realize the distinction between, say, a psychotherapist who can really be some any idiot off the street and a clinical psychologist who needs to be a PhD. It turns out that Ellen Lacker is a clinical psychologist anyway, so I'm, uh, that shows a, a, a problem with the entire mental health care field in general. Mm-hmm. But also the fact that just about anybody can declare themselves a therapist, I think, is also problematic. It, it shouldn't be the case because of public education is such that they recognize the distinction between a therapist and psychiatrist. So is this is this Ellen Lecter? Is that the same woman who months ago you had posted a, a link to, I believe, her web page for her practice where she had gone out in the woods and found a location that she just knew was yes, was a yes, location that's, that's for a her. satanic ritual. Yeah, is it the yeah. same person? Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. Did, did you uh, did you explore her website at all? I mean, it's absolutely insane, and that's that's part of the position we have put forward to California is that uh, this material she puts forward on her professional website, and she's actually some kind of adjunct professor or something else at one of the California oh, universities. Jesus. Um, and she puts forward her website and ritual yeah. abuse as her professional website. Uh, the, the fact that that she can use that for her with her professional credentials is, is also problematic for the entire industry as well, because it's self-evident that she's delusional and oh, that yeah. her thinking is problematic. Yeah, I mean, did you look over her website? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you had posted that video, I went and looked at her website, and I was like, holy shit, this woman is fucking nuts. <laughs> and she's supposed to be treating people yeah. who have some kind of, of mental, mental incapacity, and she's posting things like this on her website, saying that I'm a professional in dealing with these types of issues that 
aren't even a real fucking thing. It's all fucking bullshit. And they're out there on her website. Right. Right. And, and in the case of Gigi Jordan, she, she had this feeling that her son was being oppressed by Satanists. And she, she found, uh, Ellen Lactor. And I would suspect Ellen Lactor helped legitimate this, this point of view for her to the point where she killed her kid. Yeah. Because she felt there was no hope for her kid, that her kid was going to be oppressed by these Satanists for the rest of his life. And she killed him. If she had found some competent mental health help and not Ellen Lactor, maybe her kid wouldn't be dead today. And that's, that's the very, very heart of the artwork. Well, yeah, how can she release herself from any culpability in the death of these people? Yeah, I, well, I don't know how, how California's Board of Licensure can overlook this. And I, I, hopefully when I send in the dossier with the appendixes, all this information about Ellen Lactor, as well as a petition with all these signatures and comments, they'll be forced to take action. Um, and they'll have to realize also that I've managed to generate press support on this. But if they don't take any action, we'll appeal to the attorney general's office. And beyond that, I don't know what to do. But it, it's just—it's just disgusting that it takes this kind of work at all. This is something they should be looking out for themselves. Yeah, well, yeah, this this practice shouldn't be allowed to be practiced. Period. At all. Well, and, and no, no, not at all. And, and you know, I have uh, I, I have colleagues that I work with in the Satanic Temple. The Satanic Temple's great faction is uh, the segment that's concerned with these issues. And uh, well, one of them sent a complaint about a therapist in Massachusetts who uh, says that he was a former Illuminati super soldier that, and he recovered the memories of all this Masonic ritual abuse and Satanic ritual abuse. He'd gone these crazy stories he was throwing out. I, I mean, absolutely insane. Yeah. And they compiled such a convincing dossier that this guy is insane. And they, they submitted this to the Massachusetts Board of Licensure, and um, they wrote back and essentially said that, well, well, we'll keep an eye on this. Thanks for letting us know. And that's it. You know, the guy still has his, uh, his licensure, and, and, and this still goes on. And he, in particular, runs conferences where they talk about these types of things. They talk about satanic ritual abuse, government mind control. They talk raw conspiracy theory. And yet, they're able to offer continuing education units to people who are licensed in mental health profession. I mean, that, that's that's where it's at right now. People can talk about these these tinfoil hat conspiracy theories, and people can attend these lectures and actually get their continuing education units in psychology. <laughs> yeah, as as part of a continuing of their of their learning in the in the field. That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. No. Look up uh, uh, a site, survivorship.org. I, I would encourage anybody who's listening to, to look this up. And it's fucking crazy. Look at the look at the lectures they offer on their webinars that talk about things related to government mind control and satanic children. Look at their calendar of difficult dates where they talk about different dates for satanic rituals and those types of things that people who are abused by these things need to look out for. And look at, at their webinars page and see how you sign up for the webinars, you can get continuing education units as a professional in the mental health field to listen to shit that's that's based on these that's based on bullshit. Yeah. The, no, it's it's a disgrace. The, the, the oversight boards are an absolute disgrace and there there's no excuse for them being as they are. It doesn't matter if people from outside the general public are looking over this or not. They should be doing their job. It shouldn't take oh, yeah. somebody like me outside of the field 
screaming about this for years to get reform. You know, anybody in that position should be able to look at this. It's self-evident that this is delusional. This is the kind of material that should that should only be spouted out by by a homeless person on the street corner who's proselytizing. And, and those people shouldn't have to be in those positions anyways. But, you know, the, the fact that this is happening at all and some kind of outside observer on oversight board, let it go on. Absolute disgrace. Yeah. And, and I hope some people's names are, are besmeared for uh, for all of history because, because of the situation. Yeah, they should absolutely lose their license. And anybody who would not investigate them for maintaining a license should be fucking ashamed of themselves. It's disgusting. Yeah, and they, they have to know the harm this has done. You know, they, they have to know. I, I mean, if it's a mystery to them, that's, that's absolute professional incompetence, and there's no excuse for that. But my suspicion is they know the issues, and it's just more uh, more convenient for them to ignore them, so long as there's not a big public outcry about it. Yeah, I mean, they're getting paid. Well, and then we need to make sure that there is a large public outcry yeah. about it. So I will be, right. I will definitely post a link to Ellen Lachter's yeah. website and that video and the survivorship.org website for sure. Well, I, I would like to, like it to go mention too that Ellen Lachter is part of a larger problem. In particular, this larger problem is, is called the, the International Society for the Study of Trauma and Dissociation, the ISSTD. ISSTD? Sorry. <laughs> oh, you're fine. <laughs> well, so I was getting bothered there. No, you're oh. absolutely fine, man. I mean, if we jump back just a hair, it's it's true that Jude Miro was also killed by an overdose of prescription medications, right? I mean, is there any evidence that can tie the Xanax and Ambien back to this particular doctor? Or is Well... The the overdose was intentional, and right. the overdose was forced upon the, the child specifically to kill him. But it was because his mother believed that he was going to be forever oppressed by the satanic cult conspiracy. And um, I, I feel that, uh, you know, her going to a woman like Ellen Lachter, who, who believed in this satanic cult conspiracy and was certainly going to do nothing to disabuse her of this idea, was at least not helpful. And she was in a prime position to actually help this woman mm, disabuse yeah. those illusions. And, and obviously, she wasn't going to do that. So the, the, the idea that, uh, that Jude was killed due to this idea of satanic conspiracy is, is in question. This is, this is something admitted to by, by the mother who killed him herself. So it's, 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 it's not known where the prescriptions came from then? I mean, or, or were they from that specific paranormal doctor? Oh, you know, I, I don't know where uh, where Gigi Jordan had gotten the good pills. Um, I mean, she was a multi-mode, but I really don't know the, the prescriptions that were in lot of I have uh, uh, all the court documents. Um, a lot of them I have embedded on the recent process on side. I wrote about this very case. But um, uh, maybe some of those documents. As far as I can tell, there wasn't all uh, wasn't over medication engaged in from anybody I was I was looking at myself. Um, there was Frank Putnam, who's also with the ISST, uh, who was uh, who was legitimating the facilitating communication was supposed to be involved. In. Um, Jude was autistic and in, in not verbal. You know, he, he really couldn't communicate himself, and his mother was engaged in facilitating communication with him, which is kind of the Ouija board effect. You know where she felt like she could discern what he was trying to type and she could help facilitate his typing with her own hand. And outside testimony was saying that it was it was completely delusional. And, yeah. Uh, it would be looking away entirely when she was clear of this typing in his hand. 
And yet, uh, Frank Putnam from the ISSP was putting forward this idea that you could independently communicate who's telling these major stories of abuse or whatever else. So I think there's a, a much deeper problem than simply Ellen Lacter from that problem is the ISSPD. And the ISSPD also has a ritual abuse mind control special interest group uh, within it that Ellen Lacter was part of. She was, she was heading up that group until the Satanic Temple's petition against Ellen Lacter came, came up online and then the ISSPD actually scrubbed Ellen Lacter from their website. And yet they still have this ritual abuse mind control special interest group there, which shows they completely missed the point. You know, right. the problem isn't Ellen Lacter per se, it's the delusional beliefs being put forward in that this environment in the, in the mental health professional. Environment. Right, right. I mean, it sounds kind of like that movie, like men staring at goats with all this <laughs> psycho babble. I can explode clouds. Yeah, yeah, yeah except uh, the men staring at goats was. I mean, that, that whole scene was less stupid. Yeah. It's arguably less harmful. <laughs> I mean, at least in The Men Who Stare at Goats, there was, there was some reasonable fear put forward. You know, the Russians are, are testing this and putting forward this kind of propaganda that uh, they're getting results or whatever. Yeah. So you had some people in the military thinking, well, the only responsible thing to do for us to test is to make sure we're not missing anything. <laughs> but at this point, with multiple personalities who are the recovery, that type of thing. It's so thoroughly developed that there's no credible belief in it whatsoever yeah. in the least, and yet they, they still persist with it because you have people invested in this profession, that's all they know, and they're not going to give it up. And if the APA isn't going to make them give it up, it's, it's nothing's going to happen. Yeah. You know, and it, it takes outsiders screaming about it. it yeah, it's going to take that social outcry for people to realize it a lot more, and I I think nowadays in age, it's a lot easier to get that social outcry and get people to actually use their voices to try to sway things a little bit. So I think now is the time where this campaign you're taking up actually has the ability to have the effect you're looking for. I think now is, is the first time it really did have that credibility. You know, I, I, I put forward the issue a few times since starting the Satanic Temple. And, and we've only grown in popularity since started. Yeah. It's been keep growing. And I feel like only now is the point where I'm, where I have the kind of leverage where I can convince journalists to cover this story, where I, I've been able to get a thousand signatures on petition yeah. dealing with this topic. And now I think uh, I'm, I'm a force to be reckoned on this issue. And now uh, some shitty pseudoscience organization like the ISSP has to finally be worried about my presence. Because they, they know I'm a friend of theirs. And they know I won't stop until they're out of business in this rear destroyed. So so I'm guessing Ellen Lactor then knows who you are and that you are a so foe. He knew who I was before the Satanic Temple, actually. Oh, um, yeah. In 2009, I had attended a ritual abuse mind control conference in Connecticut. And I wrote about it. You can read it on process.org, my 2009 ritual abuse mind control conference. And this is when the fight really started in earnest for me, because, you know, my tendency might not be to just look at the crazy people and point and laugh. Uh, I was appalled when I went to this conference and saw that it was made a professional conference, that there were licensed professionals there, and they were putting forward the most insane ideas. There's a woman who's all of about 40 years old talking about how she was a a uh, personal slave, Dr. Joseph Mengele. Oh. 
uh, you know, it, it didn't even make sense. Yeah. Time and, and she was saying that he worked with something she called quantum quantum resonance or something like that to open demonic portals. I mean, she was telling the most insane, delusional science fiction a supernatural narrative. Yeah, some Deepak Chopra level This all shit. tied into her anti-abortion stance. Oh. And I was thinking, people are getting continuing education credits for this. And I, I wrote about this afterwards, and it caused uproar within this, this conspiracy community. And Ellen Lacker was one of the first people to really insist that, that everything I said was completely defamatory <laughs> You know, she's putting forward these, these very uh, absurd and angry notions about me. And, uh, you know, so she's known who I am for some time. Well, I think but we should absolutely. Said, it's not personal. There's a lot of people I could come at personally about this issue, about um, uh, the fact of the matter. And she's, she's got a dead kid now behind her. Yeah. And, and she, she needs to she needs to be confronted with that, is my feeling. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we should absolutely shine a spotlight on that. And, and we will definitely post links to all yeah. of the bullshit that she's been promoting for so long. And yeah. I, I appreciate you doing that. I think, I think that's yeah. really, I think that's a very noble thing to do. Well, I appreciate you paying attention to it. Like I've said, this has been a primary issue to me from well, before Sikhan Temple even started. I always wanted to bring Sikhan Temple to this issue. Because it's, it is just so difficult to get people to pay attention to. Yeah. And I think now is the time. Now we're just going to steamroll it. And I'm, I'm really glad that, that I'm getting people to realize what, what this is and how meaningful this is and, and how important an issue this is because it's been something that's really bothered me for a long time. And, and conspiracy theories in general, just the deleterious effect they have on, on our culture, I think can't be, can't be overstated. They, they need to be confronted head on. I think it's it's far more dire circumstance than anybody cares to admit. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Um, moving on, shall we uh, cover a couple news items? You mind hanging out to to weigh in on some news things that we want to talk about? Yeah, cool. super. <laughs> what you got, Matthew? I've got a new update on the uh, the Oregon situation. Oh yeah, well, I know yeah. Cliven was thrown in jail. Yeah. Um, so this story says that the filing, this, there's a, there's been a filing now and it's coming to the FBI on Friday, uh, said it was working with the Burns Paiute tribe to identify damage to the tribe's artifacts and sacred burial grounds at the Malheur National Wildlife Refuge during the six week occupation, uh, of the bumbling paranoid pseudo militia led by the Cliven Kids clan and Mormon. And Mormons, yes. Evidence teams began processing the crime scene at the refuge on Saturday, two days after the final occupiers surrendered, and the process will last about three weeks, according to the documents submitted in Oregon Federal Court on Tuesday. U.S. Attorney Billy Williams of Oregon wrote in the final in the filing that investigators found significant amounts of human feces, not named Ammon Bundy, in a <laughs> trench at an outdoor camping area that was either on or next to a sensitive cultural site. As Mormons, they should have had more respect for Lamanite <laughs> relics, but they failed to realize they were... Uh, shitting more than just the U.S. government. It says, quote, Occupiers appear to have excavated two large trenches and an improvised road on or adjacent to the grounds containing sensitive artifacts. So, yeah, from, from what I read, they basically dug a trench and then shit in it right on top of the Native American burial ground. Yeah, yeah, that's that's basically what it's looking like. 
while they said they were there to protect the Native American interests and they were there serving God and all that other shit. A whole lot of bullshit laid all around. <laughs> yeah, just bullshit everywhere. Yeah, so th- so this story really isn't getting any better, um, even after they're gone. Well, the, the story was at its best when they shot one of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's I'm just true. surprised this kind of thing doesn't happen more often, given the, the tenor and tone of the Fox News crowd and the... Uh, the increasing militants of the, the Republican Tea Party right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was looking at I was looking at some statistics today, and it, it it showed that there was a significant increase in these pseudo militia groups during Clinton's uh, administration, and then down to like almost nothing during George W. Bush, and then it's almost doubled under Obama. You know, it's been the game the whole time. The Republicans just don't want to play by the rules unless it well, suits them. I also think a lot of these groups are a lot of bark and no bite. Right, but but when there's a Republican in office, you'll be hearing uh, uh, our president right or wrong, and it's it's treason to question your president. Yeah, 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 sure. Well, yeah, we we heard that kind of bullshit when GW was in office. Oh yeah, yeah. You don't you shouldn't question a wartime president. He's under a lot of stress. Right. Well, right. He's the fucker who put us into a war yeah. situation. Yeah. But yet they're the same people that are perfectly happy to go say that Obama was the one that assassinated Justice Sharia uh, <laughs> in Texas. <laughs> and then to be a constitutional elected representative saying that the president doesn't have a constitutional no, who's, who's right. Who's saying that? I, I, I've, I've heard these rumblings that that was what the claim was. So is this Alex Jones? Alex or, Jones or, is the one that came out and said that he believes that Obama had Justice Scalia executed so that way he could get another liberal in the office. He can wipe God off the earth and take away our guns. Yeah, it was... It that was, stupid fucking piece of shit. You know, uh, Alex Jones, when we had the black mass thing going on at Harvard, he said that if, if he were confronted by me, he would have to punch me or something like that. <laughs> and, and I really want that stupid <laughs> fucking slob to, to have that opportunity, to, uh, to give me that opportunity to defend myself against him. Yeah. <laughs> I would love that also. Well, yeah, it was. Oh, uh, I would love that too. It was Alex Jones and then Rick Wiles went on this mm-hmm. fucking rant recently about how clearly Scalia was murdered because the pillow was over his face, despite all of the. All of the stories coming out from the manager at the hotel who said that, no, the pillow wasn't over his face. It was behind his head because that's how people fucking sleep. Yeah. You know, <laughs> say, saying that the pillow was over his face and that Obama killed him. And then he went into this rant about fucking numerology and and some kind of pagan holiday that fell around the time and that it was on the 13th and all of this other bullshit. And being a 79-year-old obese white man had nothing to do with it. Nothing at all. I actually have that story. Oh, yeah? Oh, from, uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to see where I want to cut in here. Well, you know, I, I've seen people... I, I know people comment all the time. They say it's not... You you, you can't celebrate somebody's death or whatever. Well, you, you can, because all he sure. was to us was uh, the possibility for horrible policy yeah. and not the possibility for good policy. You know what I mean? It's it's not that... I don't know his family. You know, I don't, I don't know him. All, all he is to me is is a very problematic element that's that's gone away because he's died. So that's what I'm celebrating. Yeah, yeah well, absolutely. Um, well, I mean, if, caveats in place. Uh, he seemed to be getting a lot crazier as time went on. He he very recently had made some very insane statements that I didn't know how he was justifying in oh, any sure. legal context yeah. uh, with any deference towards constitutional law. Talking about how I mean, one of the recent crazies he went off on was talking about how. You know, he felt it was it was constitutionally correct that a state could put forward 
it, its own state religion. It, it, right. You know, he just seemed like a very dangerous person to have sitting as a Supreme Court justice right now, and I think we're we're better off that he's not there. Yeah, yeah. Sure. He, he was a he's a theocratic justice. Yeah, and whenever people say that you know you're we shouldn't celebrate somebody's death i say sweet let's get rid of the new testament perfect done <laughs> well I, I i said did did you did you not celebrate saddam hussein's death or Osama jesus, Laden's christ. Death? jesus yeah jesus, or jesus christ well I, I was trying to bring it more relevant like when when, <laughs> when we when we found out we killed osama bin laden did you not cheer because well, that's yeah. kind of insulting. That's kind of insensitive for yeah, you to, and I, and his seen, relatives were probably, uh, may, might have been a little torn on that. I've seen followers. a couple of people say something like, well, we shouldn't celebrate the death of anybody and you shouldn't wish death on anybody. And I'm like, no, there's a whole fucking lot of people that I would much rather see dead than continuing their, their harm on the rest of the populace. Yeah. Oh, come on. You, you live to that age anyways and you're, you're slob as it is. I mean, you, you've had a good run, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I, I, I Scalia was only going to do us damage at this point. Yeah. And, and let's not pretend he's anything other than that to us. You know, I mean, it, it, are, are we going to pretend that we can have uh, the same amount of empathy for uh, Scalia when that's all we know about him as we have for our next door neighbor who might be some kind of hardcore Republican but you go over and, and talk to him anyway? You know what I mean? It's, it's completely natural that... You, you don't develop that type of empathy with somebody you don't know. You yeah, know? It, yeah, it's it's a feigned compassion and empathy for somebody that you don't fucking know outside of what they've done to harm you. Right, right, exactly. And I, so, I mean, I, I think people should, it's it's really incumbent on people to realize that that's what you're celebrating. <laughs> you know, yeah. not necessarily the, the loss of a human life who admittedly had a family and those types of things. Uh, it, it's in regard to the fact that you don't know that family. You don't know any of those elements. It, it's in, it's in regard to the elements you do know. Yeah, yeah, sure. And, and I, when I heard of his death, I think so, the, the thing I posted on Facebook was something along the lines of, you know, I'm sure that there are people who loved and will mourn Justice Scalia. I'm not one of them. Yeah. And well, so that's, that's about the kindest thing that you will get out of me as far as his life and, and his work. I'm sure, you know, he, by many accounts was a was an intelligent man who had a great love of the country and the constitution but managed through all of that to do his best to fuck it all up yeah i i made it known i had zero respect for him yeah yeah i don't give a shit at at all either way i'm not even gonna pretend to try to make any i'm glad the fucker's dead and he's out of our way yeah i don't care good for you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's refreshing to hear that I, I really get sick of hearing that kind of uh disingenuous assembling and, and you know all that kind of uh, buffering of claims and, and, and that, that kind of false as you said that false empathy and yeah it just, it just doesn't ring true at all yeah at, at least now that he's dead we know that we're all in a better place <laughs> well, I mean, we'll see if, if we, Obama manages to not put forward a, a Supreme Court nomination in the rest of his term. Uh, that that would be a sad commentary on his abilities. I think. Yeah, well, which, I, I know. Which, I know. He, he said he will. 
And the average time it takes is 63 days to elect a justice? 25. 25? 25 is the average. But I thought I also read that if they do not allow him to elect a justice, this will be the longest time it's taken to elect a justice since the Civil War. No, it will be the longest time in history. In history, okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and If Obama can't get somebody nominated and confirmed, it will be the longest period in the history of the United States. Maybe the previous longest was during the Civil War, and this will trump that time. Probably. Lucian just inadvertently and most likely unknowingly provided us the smoothest segue we have ever had on this show <laughs> in, in, into the uh, the obstructionism of Mitch McConnell and his um, his Republican cronies. Well, let's hear about it. Well, I mean, I think I think we've already sort of started to talk about it, but I mean, uh, the 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 main story out of Washington is Mitch McConnell's strategy to maintain the Republican majority, which has been clear, trying to prove that his party can govern. But by saying he'll block a Supreme Court nominee who has n- not even been named, uh, McConnell's heading toward a partisan his is heading toward partisan warfare instead. Uh, I would argue that they're already well on their way. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> not not headed toward, but... <laughs> yeah. It's there. Uh, the death of uh, Antonin Sharia was ener- has energized a right flank that's been long suspicious of Mr. McConnell and forced him into the fight uh, that's likely to derail his smooth-functioning Senate. Uh, this is New York Times, by the way. The tactic could alienate moderate voters and imperil incumbent Republicans in swing states, but in the supercharged partisanship of the Supreme Court fight, he probably had no choice. By framing his decision as deferring to voters in the next election, people close to him say he has minimized the political risk. Um, it was necessary, says Josh Holmes, Mr. McConnell's former chief of staff, who now works as a Republican consultant. The suggestion that the American people should have a say here isn't exactly risky ground to be treading. My objection to this, though, is that the American people have already spoken. Yeah, they've already yeah. spoken. We, they've elected already a president elected twice. Obama. Yeah. <laughs> he won by, what, five million votes last time? That's that's part of the president's duties is to nominate Maybe. a Supreme Court justice if a seat comes available. In, in the job of the Senate in the House is not to say, no, we don't want it. It's just look at the, the qualifications of the person and go, okay, this person is qualified. Well, and to call a vote either way, yeah, not you, to just stand there obstructing things. Yeah, you don't just take your ball and go home. Well, they when, fucked themselves when they first went off and said, we're not going to let anybody in. They fucked themselves. Yeah, which is bullshit. Right. And this, what it goes on to say is that McConnell's strategic affront announcing just hours after Justice Scalia's death that he would refuse to even consider a replacement was presaged by other Republican moves over the last two years. A week ago, the Republican chairman of the House and Senate budget committees said that the president's budget director should not be allowed to testify at their budget hearings, a move without modern precedent. Yeah, and can we just dispense with this whole fucking narrative of the Democrats always try to politicize death and try to politicize shootings and everything else? That's that's fucking nonsense. I mean, the Republicans had this canned fucking response within hours of Scalia's announced death. Maybe they killed him. (laughs) I don't think that benefits them in any way. That's some Alex Jones level shit. Worse. (laughs) Worse, because he's saying that the liberals did it. (laughs) Let's see. This goes on to say that in a twist, the greatest beneficiary of McConnell's strategy may be that may be the Republican White House candidate he and his Senate Republicans like the least. Ted Cruz of Texas, a former Supreme Court clerk whose quick and stalwart opposition to any confirmation is certain to resonate with the most tuned in Republican primary voters. If that's not a fucking oxymoron, I've never heard one. (laughs) (laughs) Tuned in Republicans. Tuned in to Fox, maybe. (laughs) 
Mr. Cruz said on ABC's This Week on Sunday that he would filibuster any nominee Mr. Obama might offer. Election needs to be a referendum on the court, he said. Uh, so Senator <laughs> Chuck Schumer jumped in and said that McConnell's uh, precipitous, precipitous action is reminiscent of his statement in 2010 that his prime goal was to prevent Obama's re-election. Obama hadn't presented his proposals for the upcoming Congress. Now he hasn't named a nominee for the court. He realizes it's better for his senators f- up for re-election to show he's working in a bipartisan way, but any efforts in the direction uh, have been undone by that action. Uh, Schumer and other Democrats note that two of the justices on court, Kennedy and Thomas, were nominated by Republican presidents and confirmed when Democrats held the majority in the Senate. Mm-hmm. Um, which goes to my previous point that Democrats tend more to play by the rules and Republicans are just refusing to do that at this point. What can be done about that? I mean, if Republicans take this position and they just decide that they're going to they're going to go work by the rules when it benefits them but they're they're not going to play the game at all when it doesn't what can be done about that not a whole lot really i mean they're they're going to do it either way there's there's really not a whole lot that you can do about it other than call them out for their bullshit yeah i mean they don't seem to give a shit true bernie sanders said about this that this is this is not something that is in debate the constitution of the united states of america provides that the president appoints nominates and nominates a Supreme Court justice. And then the Senate holds hearings and deliberation on and votes on whether or not to approve that nomination. Well, well, and even Mitch McConnell back in the 70s, I believe it was, wrote that presidents, that's that's part of their duty yeah. and that the Senate should not stand in the way of, of doing so. That was when a Republic, Republican was in office, yeah. though. Yeah. Right. Well, and yeah, I was going to say, wasn't McConnell also part of the voting group that put, was it Kennedy? On the Supreme Court in Reagan's last in his final year during an election year. Well, yeah, they're just pissed that that Kennedy got in and has been voting somewhat liberally lately. <laughs> That's totally unexpected. Yeah, I they, they would they didn't expect that from somebody who was appointed by a Republican president. Yeah. Well, I think we're reaching the end tonight, you guys. Is it that time? It's pretty close. Well, what have you uh, got to plug for us, Doug? I, I see that you are scheduled to speak at what is it, SashaCon? Yes, I am. And I'm speaking somewhere in Detroit, speaking somewhere in Atlanta. This is all within the next three months here. Uh, I don't know where else. <laughs> but but check, check my Facebook page. I'll have that all posted. Well, and I saw that you, you deactivated your Doug Mesner account and are just operating under the Lucian Greaves page. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah. The, you know, did, having my personal profile wasn't really working out. Everybody was requesting, was giving me friend requests, and it was becoming like a fan page anyway, so I decided just to go with the fan page. Yeah, well, and it gets a little difficult. I know I'm a member of several of the different Satanic Temple official slash non-official Facebook groups and pages and whatever, and I'm often disheartened by the amount of nonsense that I see posted out there by people who are spiritual but not religious and they're Satanists and they want to believe in all kinds of fucking woo and nonsense and bullshit and anytime you try to point it out it's you're attacking me and you're a bad person. I don't Yeah, understand. I don't I don't know. There's a certain uh, tenderness we seem to be attracting lately that I hope kind of dies down after a time. <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly. People so, need to remember the the freedom to offend aspect. Yeah, absolutely. I, well, and that's just it. You know, people post insane nonsense out there, and any time that I've called them out on it or even just asked simple questions about it, it's, well, this is what I believe, and you shouldn't challenge me about it. Okay, well, 
continue living in your fucking delusional little world, then I guess I, I'll just yeah, leave you alone. Yeah, the are there to be challenged. That's, yeah, that's I, what we do as Satanists. Well, I, I think that's what we should be doing, but in some of the forums, it's it's become obvious to me that that is an unwelcome thing to do, and so for the most part, I've stopped commenting on a lot of things. And you know, I'll I'll post and I'll I'll make an initial post, but I don't even bother with commenting on a lot of different things because people get so fucking upset about being challenged about anything, any stupid thing that they choose to believe. What well, I'm yeah. not. I'm not really up on the Constitution, but which amendment is the right to a safe, spl- safe place? <laughs> oh, it's underneath the butthurt amendment. <laughs> oh, it's underneath the butt. Okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't get me started with safe spaces and trigger warnings. That's, that's not, that is not my territory at all. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us tonight, Doug. I really appreciate everything you're doing. I'm a huge, huge fan. and We all are. Yeah. Uh, hopefully tonight. Any, any time check in with me again soon i'll, I'll be around <laughs> all right i would Excellent. i would absolutely love to do so and i i would like to say that i promise that i won't be drunk texting you anytime in the near future but I, <laughs> that's not a guarantee that i can absolutely make well, next time i i talk to you guys i won't be drunk either <laughs> <laughs> well thanks next a lot time. doug I, I really appreciate it man enjoy the rest of your night it's been a pleasure thank you good night all right take care buddy and that was Mr. Doug Messner of the yeah. Satanic Temple. Hooey! I I really fucking love that guy. Yeah. He's so cool. Yeah. He's just such a genuine... Yeah. I mean, there's nothing fake or false about him. No. It's, it's, this is what I think, and here's why, and I have good justification for, for doing so, or I, believing so. I, I think he made a really good point there near the end. What's Stop that? being fucking fake and just say whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Yeah. Like when Matt said, fuck that guy. No, like, I, well, I just said I'm glad he's dead. Yeah, yeah. I don't give a shit. Well, and if and and that's, that's just the, the thing. Be. Like, if you can't defend an opinion that you have, then you probably shouldn't have that opinion. Right. Right. I mean, yeah. any opinion that you hold or have should be a justified opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And me saying that I'm glad Scalia's dead has nothing to do with. I mean, it's a total red herring to say. Well, I know he's got family and all that. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. So what? They're probably they're probably heard about it. Of course they feel bad or about glad. it. Or glad. About uh, of course they feel bad about him dying. Me personally, fucking I'm glad. He was in a position of power and he used it in the wrong way every time as much as he could for a yeah. long fucking time. Yeah. So fucking I'm glad he's gone. For all we know his kids hated him. And and the problem is yeah, which, that's true yeah, too. Yeah, that's, that's true, true too. I mean know. that I mean to say to say the opposite is to assume that you yep. know the minds of the people that were around him. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's a fucking arrogant position to hold. Yeah, and he's a star catholic he probably raped them all <laughs> probably i guarantee it and i'm gonna assume that i guarantee it did you <laughs> see that Scalia raped all of his family members <laughs> did you see that smile on that man that man always had the i raped my son smile on his face oh god <laughs> no there there's Is that a, gonna stay in the show there, there yeah, absolutely yeah, of course oh, okay. fuck yeah yeah absolutely there yeah absolutely <laughs> I felt like that was a Scooby Doo yapple dapple. No, there is a long list of fucking people that I would not at all miss if they were to fucking keel over and die tomorrow. Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz. Oh god. Almost Donald Trump. Almost almost the whole rest of the Supreme Court. Honestly, not that I wouldn't be up but almost the whole rest. Well, I would maybe, start with Clarence Thomas. Maybe have. Oh sure, yeah. <laughs> what is he gonna do now that fucking Scully yeah. is dead? Who's gonna who is he gonna follow? I think Marco yeah. Rubio is trying to be a nice guy. I mean, not as a politician, but I think in real life he might not be a halfway horrible dude. 
He's fucking. He's insane. Yeah. No, he's he's not know, insane what? compared to the rest whether, on that panel. <laughs> whether in real life he is a nice guy or not, he is still in, inserting fucking Jesus into everything yeah. that he says. That's and does why I lately, say because he's power. trying to get that demographic to vote for yeah, him. I, and I and to that I say, fuck you. Either well, you are delusional or you're an asshole. So I, is Hillary. I, I actually get the feeling that Rubio's more dishonest than like Cruz and Christie. Who are very open and honest about the things that they believe, whether yeah. they're bullshit or they're not. They're total bullshit. Yeah, Cruz just doesn't, I think, I mean, I think Rubio, Rubio doesn't and, show up to work. I think Rubio and Trump are just complete fucking frauds. Well, not Trump, yes. Rubio is at least fraud. part, partly fraudulent, yeah. In well, my, and in my, it seems is, he comes across that way anyway. And Cruz is just fucking, fucking scary. That he's just, dude. He's just terrifying and in, out yeah. of his mind. That dude. Yeah. I mean, and well, and, and just. A crazy dad, crazy, just crazy that, son. Not just that Ted Cruz is fucking crazy, but the, the, there are millions of people who think that he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. That he would make oh, yeah. a great president. He, he's chosen by God. Yeah, he's. I, I said fucking, thing, and, and I was going to backtrack and say person, but no, he's the, the thing, thing that <laughs> would be would be a good solution for any kind of problem that we have in the united yeah. states right he, now he will make me believe in the reptilian race taking over this world <laughs> yeah i could see that <laughs> God, i haven't even decided what i think he looks like yet he, uh. he's just he's a terrible fucking human being and and the part about it is that you would guess that through his education and life experiences he should know better but he does not no he's actively fucking ignorant when about he, the world around him and the reality in which he lives. When he actually can say God first, country second. Yeah. Like, That's um, fuck you. No. Fuck you, Immediate disqualification. Yeah. yeah. Immediately disqualified. You're not elected as God's representative here on fucking earth. You're elected as the United States president. Yeah. Well, I mean, think, think about, think about that in some other si- situation. Let's take the Super Bowl, for example, which is not at all nearly the stakes that we're talking about for most powerful position in the world and this year we had okay. you know peyton manning yeah and cam newton yeah and let's let's say that aside from rapist manning uh which is another story we didn't get to coming out let's let's say he came out and said what he came out as a rapist no 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 <laughs> <laughs> allegations uh, of course he didn't come out with it uh, so let's say he came out and said you know he's a southerner and he went to school in tennessee let's sounds rapey to me Pretty rapey. No, no, no. That's not even the point that I'm trying to say. But I mean, like, he's always grabbing some pigs in. What, what, if, what if he said, uh, "I'm a Panther first and a Bronco second, and he comes out, he's playing for the Broncos. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. That's the kind of of bullshit allegiance we're talking about. He's the type of guy I, I wouldn't trust him in a game versus the Panthers because he's going to want to side with them. Exactly. And the Constitution and the Bible are opposed on a lot of issues. And if you're saying yeah. that I'm against the Constitution before I'm for it, well. That, that should automatically <laughs> fucking disqualify yeah, you're, you're you. You're done. You're you know we we can't trust you. Yeah, I um, I absolutely see where you're coming from and completely agree. I think that fucking Ted Cruz is as much as it almost pains me to say it. He's so much worse than Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At yeah. this point, I would almost want Donald in office rather than fucking Cruz. <laughs> Not almost for me. I, yeah, I, 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 I guarantee I, I, I would. definitely I would, too. I would, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you followed me. Thanks for picking me up on that. I, analogies are supposed to make things more simple, but I sort of got lost on the rape train there. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> usually, usually when I make analogies. It happens. They're... I get lost on the rape train a lot of times. <laughs> well, thank you very much for tuning in, everybody. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Godless Revolution slash Facebook. Or Facebook, 
I've had way too much <laughs> Facebook.com. Uh, find follow, us on a uh, Facebook. Find us on Facebook.com slash Godless Revolution. <laughs> you can Twitter our twatter at TGR Podcast. Only two fingers. Two fingers. Well, if you want to twatter her. That's, uh, that's a workable amount of whiskey. I was trying to make a sexual joke with that one. <laughs> well, I'll take one pinky. Two in the pink, one in the stink. What are you going <laughs> for? I'll take something. <laughs> the shocker. Uh, uh, you can, you can, <laughs> now we're off the rails. You can call us. <laughs> we're off the rape train rails. You can, you can call and leave us a message or send us a text message at 33081 rebel. <laughs> I, I heard uh, I heard uh, Exifer on the uh, Utah Outcasts uh-huh. attempt it? that attempt that while you were giving your plugs on their oh, show. I thought people. I thought it was a decent attempt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It made me smile a little uh, bit. Nobody should ever go listen to the U- Utah Outcasts. That never record. Never ever Sunday. <laughs> no, I I was recently a, a guest on the Godless Revolution. I was a guest <laughs> you, on the Godless you, Revolution you were, that I'm you a were, co-host. You were of. You've been a guest recently, for 93 episodes. How much yeah. fucking whiskey have I had tonight? Most Jesus. recently a guest on the Godless Revolution, <laughs> but also <laughs> I was a guest on the Utah Outcasts podcast, and I had a great time. I I I really like all those people. Felicia Entwistle, of course, is the beautiful, awesome, wonderful, talented, brilliant. A uh, woman who is serving as president for Atheists of Utah currently. Exifer Reed, Chris, is the host, or one of the hosts of the Utah Outcasts. I always and thought it was Christopher. Is it, it is not? Christopher. That's, oh, okay. That's, I think that's why he goes by X mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and but him and, him and, uh, What's her name? Felicia and Twizzler. They do a good job. And Twizzler. Christ and Twizzler. They do a good well, job. Well, Kyle's here. on the show, too. And oh, Kyle. Kyle I, was, yeah. I was trying to get to Kyle. Kyle is an <laughs> awesome guy. We talked about the Deadpool movie, which have you seen it yet, Matt? I, I hope to see it this week. No. Oh, God. It's fucking awesome. I need to go see it again. It was, I fucking loved every minute of the Deadpool movie. It was, it was amazing. It opens with like, a faux well, don't fucking ruin it. Opening scene. Like I'm not giving anything away here. It's it's brilliant. I fucking loved every minute of it. I need to go see it again because the jokes come at you so rapidly that you're while you're laughing at one joke, you miss the next joke. In oh, okay. So I need to go see it again. Really, really enjoyed uh, being on the Utah Outcasts show. Uh, you should definitely go. And I've check been on it there out. twice. I've been on there twice. Matt will never be on there. Ryan has been on there twice. And actually, when I was on the show, we joked about Matt will maybe never, ever be on there. <laughs> well. Because. You know, if they would accept handwritten letters, it would be perfectly <laughs> fine. <laughs> Snail if, mail. If they, could, if they could have me on there via carrier pigeon. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's not my fault they can't read cursive. <laughs> uh, anyway. Thank you very much for tuning in, everybody. Uh, next week, we will... I don't know. I'm not sure what we're going to be doing yet. We'll, we'll figure we'll, it out. We'll discuss that offline. I think maybe we'll be doing a Republican oh, debate. Are you serious? We haven't done a debate for a little I while. I know. I know. Do they want it? I I've. You know, they're... they're they want it. They're like our most popular shows. I know. Are they still? Or when think, we do I the think, debates. I think Dave Silverman's our most popular show. Yeah. Now, so let's well, have uh, yeah, apart from having let's Doug have and Dave... Let's have now. Apart from having Doug and Dave on the show, they're, they're our most popular shows is when we do the debates. I, I was just hoping to get back into the debates when it turns into a Republican and Democrat on stage. Yeah. Well, I think this will be exciting because it will be the last Republican debate oh. before Super Tuesday. Yeah, they're going to be cutting throats. And yeah, it's going to be balls to the wall, throat slitting, stabbing, 
whatever they can do to, to possibly increase their poll numbers ahead of Super Tuesday. So yeah. that should be a lot of fun. Super Tuesday sounds like another fucking Marvel movie that's going to be coming out soon. <laughs> it might be. You don't know. You don't know. Probably will be. So we will chat. With the Tronald Dumpster. So <laughs> what did I, what did I keep saying? Fucking Donald Cruz? Was that it? Yeah. Yeah. Was he it kept, Donald Cruz? Well, you kept yeah. fucking up the names. Was it Donald Cruz? It or wasn't Mar- Ted Trump. It, well, yeah. It wasn't, no, it wasn't it, Donald, Donald Trump, Trump or Marco right. Trump. It was, Donald it was Cruz. Donald Cruz. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I drink too much. <laughs> All right. We'll talk at y'all next week. Bye. Don't forget to fill your ear holes with us. Rape trains. <laughs> 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 Who are you? You don't know. Don't tell me Negro. That's nothing. What were you before the white man named you a Negro? What was your name? It couldn't have been Smith or Jones or Bush or Powell. That wasn't your name. They don't have those kind of names where you and I came from. No, what was your name? And why don't you now know what your name was?
citizens or what you call 20th century slaves. What price are you talking about, sir? The price of freedom is death. 